Have you ever wanted to start your own garden or perhaps small farm in a big city? Or maybe you already started one and need some guidance on growing more productive plants. If so, I think you'll really enjoy my Off the Cadena Convo with Houston's own Big City Gardener. If you're not into gardening or farming, we'll also talk about why we think you should be, why it's so beneficial for your health and the environment around us, and much more. So let's do this. So Tim, aka Big City Gardener, he's a master gardener here in H-Town. He focuses on gardening in the big city, but I know he does much more than that. He does a lot of work in the community, and he's looking to educate people, especially our youth, on the importance of gardening. We've gotten together a few times and had some really insightful conversations, not just about gardening, but just perspectives on life as a whole. So I thought it would be super dope to have a combo with him here. Tim, thanks so much for having an Off the Cadena Convo with me. What's up, man? I appreciate the invite. Uh, thanks for having me. Yep, absolutely. So I just wanted to kind of jump straight into it. So uh, Tim, a.k.a. Big City Gardener, like I said before, he does urban gardening around the Houston area. Um, he's very knowledgeable in that kind of stuff, and and I wanted him to talk to us a little bit about about his experience and how he got started. So I think first, Tim, just let me know, kind of how did you get into urban gardening? So I would say that I've kind of been into gardening my whole life. Um, both of my parents are from Jamaica. My dad tells me stories about having chickens and raising chickens when he was younger. When they came to America, um, I don't know, they ended up on the East Coast. And then we ended up down here in Texas. And everywhere we've lived, I just remember there always being a garden. I remember getting in trouble for picking tomatoes before they were ripe and throwing them at my neighbor's house when I was younger. So I would say that progressing into urban farming or urban gardening was just the next step when you try to you know, do what you love, really. So were you always in? Were you? But were you always into it? Even like as a kid, high school, middle school, were you? Were you into it, or you know, did you always have your your urban gardening gig? No, I didn't always have my urban gardening gig. But yes, I've always been into gardening. Uh, it was like a secret. I wouldn't tell any of my friends when I was in oh, high okay. school. Didn't want to get made fun of. But every weekend, I was probably out there helping my dad. He used to have a lot of roses and a lot of uh, native Texas plants in his yard, and it would just be fun to go out there and kind of check them out and help him grow and, I don't know, just kind of learn. It just felt just natural, almost like, I don't know, a, a way to just ground yourself and reconnect. Absolutely. So when did you actually get start your own... When did you make it a, a career, I guess, a profession? Uh, so this is a relatively new, uh, relatively new avenue for me. Prior to urban farming and urban gardening, I had been involved with a few other small businesses that were either started and sold or, yeah, or still exist today. I kind of just played different roles with different businesses. And... I had kids, a little boy and a little girl, and I kind of decided that 
I wanted to do something that I loved. I wanted to do something that I would enjoy waking up every single morning and going to work. And, you know, because that's what I want to teach my kids, right? I want my kids to love whatever it is they do. So how can I get up and go to a job that I hate but still preach that to them? So this transition to urban gardening, I would say it's probably two years now. Okay. Yeah. So explain, could you explain to, to any listeners, maybe the one or two that we get from this one, can you explain a little bit about what exactly urban gardening is and, and what you do particularly? So uh, the, hmm, what is urban gardening? To me, it's just finding a way to farm, garden, grow whatever it is you like within a city where land is not, well, there's just not copious amounts of land. We're not growing on acres here. You might get a 5,000 square foot lot and you try to turn it into some sort of mm -hmm. garden or farm. Right. Especially in Houston, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're in the loop of Houston. Yeah. Good luck. Because <laughs> you're not finding anything. No. Um, so, so, so you, so you go in and you help people. Okay. So, um. If you're looking to get uh, some sort of, I don't know, they call it edible landscape or kitchen gardens, whatever the catchphrase is now, if you're trying to just have a garden at your house, then I can come and help you design it and install it and maintain the garden space. Okay, okay, very cool. Um, you, talked to, you talked about health. I mean, you talked about the benefits for your kids. I mean, for me, when I got into it, as you we've talked about this right so I, I started getting into it when I would I went to last organic outpost which is Joe Isaac's farmer Joe that was his that was kind of his project out there and I used to be so when I would be out there you just kind of felt like you said close to nature and you've just felt that peace and you felt a little bit closer to to land and I mean to nature and to it was almost like you're closer to your roots literally because yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you and you're just seeing like life grow and it was for me personally it was an ex i guess just I, I don't know if it's just the way you're made or what but just for me personally i really enjoyed that and i started following and getting into it and and um you really do notice like the benefits or the connection of farm of just you know gardening in general right yeah, I believe uh, farming, gardening. Well, first, let me start and say that I also used to visit the last organic outpost and know Joe Isaac. He is a great man. And what he was doing at the last organic outpost was truly amazing. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would say that whenever you farm or garden, you kind of remove yourself from the modern technology and all of the distractions in the world. And you kind of get a chance to reconnect to how simple life was, but yet how simple life still is and still could be. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something as simple as you got a pile of dirt, dig a hole, drop a bean seed in there and sit back and watch it grow and sprout into something that you can eat. It just kind of reminds you that there's more to life than, than an Instagram and a tweet and all of that. Yeah, which... Um it's almost like that balance, right? Like, because mm -hmm. there's, there's certain things, 
my opinion, we're, we're not going to, as much as we try, it's hard to let go of these technological advances that True. our world's headed to. But it's almost like the farm or an urban farm, if you live in the city, that could be your little bit of, of peace, of, of healing, of connecting back to, like you said, like our roots, uh, or connecting back with nature. You know what I mean? Actually, because I'm in research, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a researcher by profession. Uh, before our call, I made sure, because I've always heard people talk about the benefits, the health benefits of gardening and farming. So before our conversation, since I'm a researcher, I need like stats to prove it or like data. There's legit data that has actually proven that just gardening and, and plants and flowers do help help you with um, your mental, like, you know, help, helping you mentally just be more at peace, you know, live uh with less stress in your life, exercise. I mean, being outside, the amount of vitamin D that you get just from being in the sun because you're gardening, you're being active. So I tell people all the time, people think that to exercise, that means you have to go to, to a, a 24 hour or a lifetime fitness and you have to be doing, uh, you know, squats and, 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 you know, bench press. Exercise could just be outside just you know working in your garden or it could just you know it could be something simple like that as a matter of fact that's going to be my workout this weekend I'm you know I'm doing some stuff in my backyard so so th there's there's been proven research to show like on top of stuff that kind of we're talking talking about um and also there there was a we might have talked about this before but I was I'd referenced a Texas A&M study where they put pictures of plants and flowers in a hospital, and they did a um, they they observed on how long it took for patients to get better, and I I, did, I don't know if I found the exact study, but I did find one study where the the research was basically proving that um, people who were surrounded by nature and, and garden and plants in the hospital, people recovered faster and they took less meds than, than, than if their environment was not like that. So there's, I guess my point was, is there's also a lot of, there's st studies that show there's a lot of benefits to oh, doing yeah. what, you're, what you're doing basically. Oh yeah, I believe uh, since you're in research, I, I was always told that plants like music you play classical music to your plants and they will grow better so how is it that so i think what i'm trying to say is yes it is exercise mentally how is it that the plants can respond to the music and to your voice but in return we do not receive anything that doesn't make any sense it's like a uh it's exchange of energy exactly. kind of yes exactly so the plants give us mental peace serenity and we give them the nutrients they need and the care they need. Absolutely. So what do you think happened that we got so far uh, detached from this? Because th this, I think that it's kind of a unique thing, like what you, what, like what you do. It's, it's not everyone is into it. And a lot of people are, they think probably that 
uh, I know at least I'll speak for me. Like they think I'm like some kind of crazy hippie or something. <laughs> that I, uh, when I would go hang out with Farmer Joe and them, like they think we're like crazy. Like why would you want to spend your time outside? Like how, yeah. how did we get so far, uh, you know, de- detached from this life? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I ask. I ask a lot of people who I talk to. I want to know when the disconnect happened, right? Because if you're a certain age it's almost guaranteed that either your parents or your grandparents, they were on some sort of farm at some point in time. So I don't know how or why that knowledge stopped being passed down from one generation to the next, Mm -hmm. especially especially such vital and positive knowledge, right? The ability to farm and to grow your own food is in a sense, an ability to be self-sufficient. So why would you turn away from self-sufficiency? I think we just all got, and, and this is a conversation now, obviously. I think uh, I'm, as you're talking, I'm thinking like we got so dependent on the government or we just got so dependent on um, p- people were trying so hard to make our lives easier. Right. So let's come up with some, like our society is so like microwave now, just in general, like everything has to be so fast. Like I True. want something now and now and, and just in general in life. And I think, I think when we did that, we had some serious negative parts to that too, where we are getting disconnected with, with what, what, um, what is important. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, right, like, no one knows how to, like, if we needed to grow our own food, like, you would be a very needed person. Like, if, if something happened and, in in, you know, the, something happened to the world and there was some bomb that got us all and we're going to have to learn how to spend for ourselves and start all over, like, you would be such a needed person because no one knows how to do that anymore. That is true. <laughs> yeah, and that's sad. I feel like that's something that should never be forgotten. You, yeah, like you just said, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow, so why not be prepared? Right. You never know. H-E-B might not have potatoes or peppers or greens, and right. you might have to find another way to get that. And it's not even that hard to... It, it's just funny because it's not as hard as people think. I guess so what... I don't think it's that hard. No. What what do you, what would you suggest to someone who's like wanting to get started into, um, you know, they live in the city, maybe they only have maybe they live in an apartment. Like it, someone's interested, right? But they think it's like complicated. I don't have the space. What would you recommend? Just someone starting with just the very beginner. I'd recommend herbs, any herbs, rosemary, basil, thyme, oregano, mm-hmm. even mint, anything that you would use frequently. Right. If, if you cook, then you more than likely need some herbs to season your food. So herbs are easy. They're really forgiving. You throw them in a pot, put them on your balcony, water them once every couple days. And hey, basically get herbs year round. I think if after herbs, after you graduate from that, I'd probably move towards leafy greens, lettuces, kales, because those are also relatively easy. I hear a bunch of people or I meet a bunch of people and they say how they kill everything or they don't have a green thumb. And to me, that's kind of 
I don't know, it's almost, I don't want to say ridiculous, but it's just like, give yourself a chance. Nobody was an expert the first time they did anything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe you plant the seed, maybe you plant the herb and you forget to water it and it dies. But that doesn't mean you kill everything. You forgot to water it. Just get another one, try again. Trial and error. Trial and error. I guess guess I I could kind of say I had the same experience where I, I probably did the same thing when I lived in my condo. I think I, I don't remember what I bought. One, one, one was an olive tree and then maybe I had a tomato plant or something and that didn't go well, but I didn't pay attention to it. And now I've, I've kind of gotten a little bit better. You, it's, it's like anything, like if you want to really do something, you'll figure it out. That's right. That's right. And I think a lot of people when they first get into gardening, maybe they tried to go too big too quickly. Right, so maybe they, they go down to the gardening center and they see, I don't know, big raised beds or big planter boxes planted with all sorts of peppers and tomatoes and, and things that take a little bit more time and a little bit more knowledge to get them to be productive. Right, so just start easy. When you first play basketball, you got to learn to dribble before you can shoot the pull-up three. So it's, it's just baby steps. So even before the, the, the herbs that you're talking about or just, you know, buying the, the leafy greens, even more basic than that, where do people get started? Like, what, what do they do? Like, where do they go? Do they got to go to Lowe's, Home Depot? Like, what do you recommend the best thing to do? Like, remember, someone like just has no clue how to get started. So if, like, if you just need a container... You can go to Lowe's, Home Depot, you can buy any plastic container, metal container, whatever you like. But I think if you're trying to get some some more knowledge and a little bit more out of it than just the container, you might want to go to a specialty gardening store, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, In Houston, we have a few of them. Buchanan's is really popular. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, Bosch. I mean, you'll go there and you can just ask any of the employees and I guarantee you they'll give you more information then you can really digest at that moment. Or even if you're not the type of person who wants to go and ask somebody, maybe you're embarrassed, you can go and look up any of the Master Gardener's websites Mm. for any university and you will get more information there than you know what to do with. What about, for me, I'll I'll just say this because I know it's important. What about like the soil? Because and I'll just tell people that from what I know, at least from what people have told me, the soil is like extremely important, right? Because you, nothing's going to grow um, strong or healthy if you don't plant any good soil. It's like people, right? Like people won't really flourish unless you're planting good people with good people around you. So what, what do you recommend? Like, so what, you just kind of dig dirt from, from the ground, you know you don't dig the Houston dirt. No. You know that's like no, that's that. clay filled with a, probably oil or something. You don't want that. Oh, uh, yeah. Dirt is the most important thing, and I think a lot of people overlook that, and they just try to buy the cheapest potting soil, the cheapest topsoil that they can find. But you have to remember that whatever you put into this dirt, it is the dirt that is actually feeding your plant and causing it to grow. So. I would recommend finding the best compost that you can find, right? And you're more than likely not going to find the highest grade compost at the Home Depot or Lowe's. This is something you're going to need to go to one of the nurseries for. Yeah, you get some compost, 
little bit of potting soil, mix them together and you'll be good. Cool. So I want to talk, so I want to talk, we talked a little bit about the benefits of gardening as a whole. Um, well, we talk more from a mental, I guess from a health perspective, we talk like, at least I had mentioned a little bit of how you, you're a little bit stressed, you're connected to nature, mm-hmm. you, you kind of get back to, to, like you were saying, like generations down, there were probably, they were connected somehow, right? Or at least, or at least their food was like, yeah. what are some other benefits do you think urban urban gardening or just gardening in general will, will have for people and why should they do it so why should people do it a lot of the food the produce that you go and purchase from the gardening centers all right let's take lettuce for example or salad mixes or leafy greens whatever you want to call them I'm willing to bet that more than 80% of the salad greens consumed in this country, that number might be too high, but it's somewhere around there. It comes from California and Arizona. They just specialize in producing these greens. And then they ship it all across the country. See, with with the produce, it needs to be picked at the ideal time to make sure that all of the nutrients are actually in the food. So I say that to say a lot of the produce that you can buy in the stores, regardless if it's organic or conventionally grown, it will not be nutrient dense. So you can eat all the kale you want in the world, but if the nutrients aren't in the kale because the nutrients were not in the dirt, then you are not going to get the nutrients that are advertised by these vegetables or produce. That that's interesting. I did, I just something new I didn't know about that. Oh yeah. Oh, Is that yeah. the same with with? Well, do we grow it in Texas? Do, do we grow that that green leaves in Texas? Yeah, but not year round. Not year round. Nah, it's too hot out here in the summer. And then also. Um, uh, Think of all the people getting sick <laughs> from the salmon, uh, salmonella mm-hmm. poisoning in from lettuce. Actually, I yeah. think it's coming from lettuce, lettuce and spinach. So that's another benefit, right? Yeah. There's probably less chance. And it's funny too. Like people think, people think that it's actually it's it be, it's safer come from the store, right? It must be safe. It's it's whatever. It's approved. The store has it. I'm not gonna have it. I'm not gonna. It, you know, it, if it comes from me, it has bugs on it. Right. Um, so there's this perception, there's this perception that because it's from, or you can go to like a co-op, right, and get people, um, like the, the co-op in Montrose, right? right? So they get basically fruits and vegetables from people's yards and they sell it there. And some people have perceptions that that's it's not safe because you, you don't know who's handling that, right? But... But if you think about it... <laughs> do you know who's handling the other one that's exactly. shipped all around the country? Exactly. Do you know if there was a, a cow pasture above where the kale or the spinach is grown, and then whenever it rains, the water mixes with the cows, right. or with the cow feces, and then runs into the, uh, to, to the field? No, you don't actually know. So I would put my trust in local farmers or really in myself before I put my trust in 
bigger time companies that are just out to produce the most that they can so they can generate the most revenue. Exactly. I, and then if you're gardening, if you're gardening your own food, wouldn't you know like oh, exactly yeah. where your food is? You know exactly you what you put on it. You know when you sprayed it, if there were any pesticides that you used, so you'll know to wash them off. I mean, yeah, it, it just it puts the power back in your hands. What are your thoughts on, on pesticides? I'm just curious. Like, do you... Because I, I would imagine... So I'm against them, but I would imagine that it's also really hard to to farm certain plants and vegetables without them because of, especially in, in Houston, I'm thinking of like all of the bugs that, that like the ants and everything that crawl can crawl all over your food. So what are your thoughts on that? So I, I like to practice something called companion planting. So um, you mix certain herbs or certain vegetables together and they help repel all of bad insects and attract the beneficial insects. So my thoughts on pesticides are try not to use them and I don't personally use them, but I understand if newer gardeners or really just any gardener in general uses pesticides, I'm not offended by it. I think that people need to research what they are using though. And they need to follow the directions on the packaging as opposed to just mixing up however much fertilizer, I'm sorry, however much pesticide they want and spraying it randomly everywhere because that pesticide, when it doesn't land on your plants or it just lands in the dirt, then eventually when it rains, it gets washed down into our sewer systems and then it makes it into the city water. And it's crazy, right? It's just this whole ecosystem that yeah. happens that I think people don't think about, like, like you said, even using, thinking about using like weed killer, right? Like, like Roundup. Mm -hmm. You spray all that stuff. It's like you say, it, it ends up in our water system somehow, polluting that because that stuff doesn't truly get filled. All of that, like, people for some reason think, oh, it's filtered water, so it's one hundred percent clean. Like, I'm not going to... There's no way all, all of that stuff gets... No. I mean, it might be safe enough to where you won't get sick and die, like, right away from drinking right. it. But right there's away. still crap in there that's <laughs> eventually going to... There's, there's to toxins that eventually will catch up if we keep drinking enough of that stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and even... So, you, for example, people want to spray pesticides on just for example like roses right like because because they want the roses to grow strong so let's let's put some pesticides on it that will kill these bugs that are eating the roses but then what happens when you do that right the bees who who come who benefit from the roses mm -hmm. and these flowers they're going to be eating that too and then that's killing them right. which we know bees are important because right. they will help pollinate our <laughs> our plants so it's just this People don't think about like how everything works, no. at least in my opinion. I was like that too. I used to think like that as well, but I just educated myself on this stuff. No, I, I definitely agree. I think a lot of the times the problems occur because maybe people don't realize that you cannot plant or you should not plant every 
variety of plant that just because you like it doesn't mean it will grow here or it should grow here. That's a good point. So if you're constantly having to use pesticides on your plants, maybe the problem is not... Maybe the problem is the plant is just in the wrong zone and it will not lift and it will not produce here. That's a good point. And that's part of my issue with the bigger, when you go to Lowe's and Home Depot and like the Walmarts is, I feel like they just sell whatever because it looks pretty. Yes. But when I go to these local shops, the times that I, my experience has been that they educate me and tell me what should be growing here in Houston. And it's the same wherever you're at, right? If you're in New Mexico or Arizona, they'll tell you what will grow here and what will thrive. Right. And I think that's, I mean, I think that's a, an important part of what people don't often consider, right? right? And then they go, and then they think they don't have the green thumb because it died. But it's like it wasn't meant to be in Houston anyway. It wasn't supposed to be here. It wasn't supposed to make it. Uh, I agree with you on what you said about uh, planting the, the right varieties. I think that, what am I trying to say? To further what you said about the bees and all of the pollinators, if you plant the wrong variety, you're not necessarily going to attract the native pollinators. So the more Texas, since we're in Texas, the more Texas superstar plants that you plant or the perennials or the natives that you plant, you will bring more beneficial insects into your garden and you'll probably help alleviate a lot of your pest problems. Uh, I mean, that's, that's just good, you know, that's good for, just good in so many ways, right? Like, it's just, it just helps our, helps our environment as a whole, um, you know, it helps keep crap out of our sewer system. Oh, yeah. So I think that's just, I think that's good knowledge to, to, that people, people could benefit from. Yeah. So it's just, um... So anyway, I, I found this quote that I was looking for, this research that I wanted to get across uh, that, uh, so th this, 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 this was actually a really good study that was done. It was put out in 2016 and it was, it was basically, it was on gardening, right? And it was on, I forgot how many countries, but it was on a lot of countries. It was, it was a meta-analysis. Uh, which is a, an accumulation of a bunch of different research studies that they kind of brought all together. Okay. Um, and, and they basically were able to prove that this says that our meta-analysis has provided robust evidence for the positive effects of gardening on health. With an increasing demand for reduction on healthcare costs worldwide, our findings have important policy implications. The results presented here suggest that gardening can improve physical, Phys uh, physiological and social health, which can, from a long-term perspective, alleviate and prevent various health issues facing today's society. We therefore suggest that the government and health organizations should consider gardening as a beneficial health intervention and encourage people to participate in regular exercise in gardens. Now, if you get to know me more, you'll know about my whole gripe. You'll learn about my whole gripe about the healthcare system and doctors and medicine and all of this and whatnot and we also we talked about this we kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier but like people in our communities like latino african-american communities you know we're the sickest mm -hmm. we have the most problems 
uh, when, when it comes to health and wellness. And we were also talking about how probably a few generations ago, we were the most involved in, oh, in yeah. this stuff, right? Oh, and yeah. Even if I think of my, my grandparents, like I remember my grandpa, I know my grandpa used, used to have tons of fruit trees. He used to be all about I me. Mean, he used to get his own milk from his own goats and he's had his own chickens. And that, and that was just, that was my grandparents' generation. We were so... We were so connected, and then we got so separated from that whole lifestyle, and now we're also the sickest. <laughs> and, and now we, and then, you know, you, we have research basically proving that gardening is a part and could be beneficial to it, but again, we don't, for some reason, we don't do a really good job getting that across, especially to our people, I feel like. Right. I agree. I, I, I feel like, well, First, in that, that quote that you said, it says the government needs to make it almost mandatory for people. I, have I don't, you seen that? No, no. <laughs> I don't quite understand why every school, elementary, high school, middle school, whatever, doesn't have a garden of some sort and doesn't have gardening classes. With all those health benefits, why would you not? Plus, I, I'm a firm believer in really just how, how gardening can connect so many people from so many different backgrounds over one common, you know, like one common goal or one common place. Hey man, you'll meet people in a garden that you might have never spoken to you if they saw you in the street, but they find out that you like roses, they like roses, now you have a common interest and you guys can speak. Yeah, it's it's a... <laughs> It's a sense of community, and I think that um, it, it, you know, especially if you're looking at, like, our own communities that, that are, are sick, it, it brings more, I'm talking mostly, like, when we're talking about, like, Latino, African-American who are, are suffering from, like, chronic illnesses or whatnot, it kind of brings a different type of community, like you are saying, like, you're going to meet other people who... And that is in itself is healthy. Yes. Like that just alone is a healthy has a healthy response into our bodies. Just getting a lot of like-minded people together in mm -hmm. the same space with that positive energy, it it has no choice but to help heal. Yeah. I mean, in in these uh, lower income areas or in these areas with our communities it kind of just doesn't make sense why we don't have gardens, farms, whatever you want to call it there, as a place for people to reconnect. Mm -hmm. Just your community, in these broken communities where there's a bunch of problems, why can't people come together in a positive way, in a positive space? And Joe was doing that at Last Organic Outpost. That's why it was amazing what he was doing in the Fifth Ward. Um, it was just a great, it was a great um, in initiative. He's the one that told me we're teaching our kids all of these different things, all of these different, you know, um, we have all these different courses and, and we forgot to teach them how to grow their own plants and foods and soil and compost and all of the basic bare necessities yes. or essentials in life. We got away from all of that, but you know, 
but it's now you have to code. Like we learn coding and uh, which which is great by the way. Definitely coding. We're you in, should learn we're coding. In head, we're in the headquarters space in Houston, <laughs> Texas, and there's a lot of great coders here. But uh, but I'm just saying that we're we're losing the we've lost already the the passing of knowledge to uh, on just basic essential functions of life nowadays. Self sufficiency. Just yep. bring it back to that. Yep. So what what's next? Tim, what, what do you got next? What, what do you kind of see uh, on your horizon for Big City Gardener? I know you have a farm. Tell people a little bit about your farm you just opened. Okay, I have, uh, I think it's about a quarter acre farm in the East End, Greater East End, basically Lawndale area. Uh, I don't know. The plan for me is just to kind of help teach. Really, that's what I want to do is I just want to teach people and remind people how life used to be and how important gardening is mm -hmm. really just I keep saying it just self-sufficiency stop depending on other people stop waiting for other people to help you and we can start helping ourselves mm -hmm. yeah yeah, Tim, Tim had a great uh, seed, seed starting class where I learned a lot because I've never actually started my own seed. I've always been, I don't know, I've always been kind of scared. I don't know if I'm scared about it or, or I don't want, it's like, seems like it's time consuming or yeah. something, but you made it seem real easy and I never thought about. And, and then the cheap thing, the cheap, the price was crazy when, when I was thinking about, you had a whole pocket of seeds, yeah. like hundreds of seeds, right, yeah. in this packet and which would grow tons of whatever it was. Uh, I think it was tomatoes, right? Tons of tomatoes, whereas I pay $4 for one plant right. At, right. at the store just to get three of those plants. That's $12 right there. And you had a whole, you had a whole uh, envelope full of like hundreds of these. For $12, you can probably get, I don't know, depending on the variety, 500 to, uh, t tomato seeds. I mean, that's 500 plants done properly. So <laughs> it's just, it's, it's more economical to start your own seeds, but it is definitely an investment in time. But I think a lot of people try to make things harder than they need to be. If we can all remember that since the beginning of time, people have been doing this. Somebody had to start tomato seeds or start tomato plants at some point in time. So it can't be that hard, you know? Right. So if we can just get rid of the fear of gardening or I guess maybe uh, uh, the fear of failure when it comes to gardening, and like you said earlier, just realize this is a, a trial and error and a growing experience. Yep. So this, that was a great class. Do you have any other classes coming up soon? Yeah, we plan to do plan to try to offer them like every every month or so over at the farm cool. uh i think the next one we're gonna do is in september the end of september i nope. don't don't know the the topic. topic it'll probably have something to do with i don't know composting or something okay. but dope just trying to pass all the knowledge on that possibly can for sure man so yeah. we're 
tell people where they could go follow you at um, and what what platforms or whatever if they want to learn more about if they could help if, use your services or maybe they want to check out a class or your farm. Uh, you can check out on Instagram, Big City Gardener. Uh, I have a website, bigcitygardener.com. I try to put blog posts up there relevant to gardening and also even just talking about in Houston, there's a lot of open land and a lot of open spaces. So I try to, to kind of give people an idea of what we could do with all of these open spaces, how many people we could feed, or I don't know, just how many different people from different cultures and communities we could connect if we converted a lot of this open space into gardens or farms. Dope, cool. Yeah, looking forward to it. Is that already up? Yes, yeah, You already, already have up. that up? Okay, already cool. Got it up. I'll check that one because I didn't see that yet. Okay. So I'm going to check that out. And, um, and yeah, so everyone, make sure to give Tim a follow um, and keep, try to keep up with what he's doing. And Tim, hopefully, will come back and do, like, a follow-up to one of these. Or maybe we could connect on another big project and, and update people on, on what's up. Definitely. All man. right, Tim, appreciate it. Thanks.